Welcome to the Marketing Foundations podcast, hosted by Dr. Sandy Luck, professor of marketing at the University of North Dakota, entrepreneur, owner of Bully Brew Coffee, and proud bulldog mama. I'm your co-host, Brad Schmidt, and we're both very glad you're joining us as Dr. Luck endeavors to expand your understanding of the basic concepts, ideas, and application of marketing in an ever-changing marketplace. So be ready to listen fast, because as always, there's a lot to talk about in today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing 305. Dr. Sandy Luck. I'm Brad Schmidt, of course. Dr. Luck, welcome. Thank you. How are we doing today? Exciting. It's a great day today. So last week we talked about buyer behavior. We did. Um, this week, we're no, two weeks ago was buyer behavior. Yes. Last week was product. We talked about products. This week is service. And so we're going to talk a little bit about service. And you had an interesting term for it. You called it the customer's journey. Right. I like that. Tell us a little bit about that. So when you think about the customer's journey, it goes back to, remember when we talked about the buyer's journey or what did we call it? It was the decision making, right? The buyer's behavior. And so we talked about how they need something or they want something. And then it goes into the process to after they purchase. Well, let's go to that purchase piece. So somebody purchased something, which they're obviously purchasing a service. And that service might not mean that I'm actually like when I go in and I purchase a hamburger at McDonald's, I'm purchasing that product, but I'm also purchasing the service. I'm also considering the service when I'm considering the review. Well, if somebody's giving me good customer service, sometimes that hamburger tastes even better than if they gave me bad customer service. I mean, how many times do you yourself go into a location because They might not have the very best product, but they have the best customer service. And you love how you feel when you leave there. So remember, it's about feeling emotions. That's what we want. Years ago, I worked for Gateway Computers, and that was one of the things that that we and Ted Waite at the time was the CEO that that he very very highly valued, like customer service over everything. Like even if it sometimes cost the company money make sure that the customer had a good service experience because the only reason they were calling us was something was broken. Exactly. So they were already in a bad mood or or not happy with what was going on. So he he absolutely just pounded that all the time, customer service, customer service over everything and sometimes even profit. Right. And well, in the end, the profit took care of itself. Sure. And it makes sense because you're going to we go back to the terminology, customer lifetime value. They're going to keep coming back because they love who treated them so well, whether it's a particular entry-level person that's you know standing at the counter and helping them, or if it's in a retail space and it was a salesperson that came over and helped them, or in a restaurant, it was a particular waitress or bartender, you'll go back for that particular person. And and this is, this is similar in in discussion when we talked about buyer behavior and I, and and all of that that this is a similar kind of way to approach this like understanding the the processes of all of this right right going back to the process where you're thinking i'm going to have to have a need or a want i'm going to evaluate it internally externally and that goes back to maybe externally brad told me hey there's great customer service at taco bell mm. and so for me, that was the external, right. the external resource that I that came to me and said, "Yes, this is a good one to go to." I evaluate and say, "Do I want to go to Taco Bell or Taco John's?" Well, maybe I want to go to Taco Bell because Brad said it was great service over there, so I'm going to go over there, purchase the tacos, and 
my experience might be the same or might be different. But again, that's the end result. That changes your result at the end of the process. Awesome. So when we start talking about the 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 service side of it there's there's really a lot that goes into it and we have a special guest here in the studio elizabeth albin and elizabeth you were um you used to be the general manager at a red lobster and this was kind of your area of expertise making sure that the customer that came in not only had a great meal and you know didn't get sick from undercooked food or any of that kind of stuff but also had just a generally good experience and i don't know if it's still this way but years ago when i was a kid like there i grew up in the middle of nowhere north dakota so we didn't have any fancy restaurants so going to places like red lobster was considered kind of the fancy restaurant. I mean, talk a little bit about how important the customer service experience is in in a situation like that. It's the best part of your job as a leader for your customers to experience great customer service. And for a company like Darden, it was everything. Guest satisfaction was um, super important for their benchmarking and their target markets. And at the end of the day, the Profit margin as well, because repeat business and word of mouth was super important. Um, creating that, like you said, I love how you touched on the quality control aspects of it in the back, getting the food and making sure that it's cooked and prepared correctly with the safety protocols. It's not rocket science, but the systems behind the great service are rocket science. It takes diligence and planning and training and the coolest example of that that I can think of, uh, I was a part of an opening team for a brand new Red Lobster in New Mexico, and we got to hire 150 servers that had never worked for the company. And I was responsible for training them all. And so we made them, we, we required that the servers take off the entire week, and we did training seven full days, well, five actual days of training, and then the soft opening and the grand opening for eight hours a day. So we could teach them how to crack crab legs for customers. We we could teach them about every entree and let them try it. And the goal was always to treat the servers as like we wanted them to treat the customers. And then, you know, handling complaints, the further, the further along the line a complaint is... Uh, expedited the harder it is to resolve so if the frontline people can make the good decision to hey the hamburger is bad let's replace it the easier it is for management and the less it costs the higher it goes up and the longer it lingers usually the more compensation you give them and i would assume also then the customer gets more upset and frustrated because it's taking too long yeah, because now the, the whole experience has been extended, and I've, I've been stuck in this feeling of frustration for longer exactly. and longer, and it grows. Because we as human beings, and you talked a little bit about emotional intelligence before we were, as we were kind of pre- preparing for the episode, like, we as human beings do not, do not have a capacity for f- anger. Like, we can't, we can store up emotions like love and, and happiness, and we can go back to that well and go, oh, I remember that time when I was happy. I remember that time when I felt loved. We can't do that with anger, and, and so it builds up and then usually explodes in some very unsavory way. So, right. uh, Sandy, she was talking about the the history or the, the, the service experience and training employees. You had mentioned earlier, too, that, that this part of marketing, because I asked before as we were preparing, like, 
what does this mean to the professional marketer? And he said, well, this is really more about the internal marketing. This is more about getting your customer or your, your employees to understand why it's important for them to offer that great service. Right. Is, so, it, is it deeper than that? Well, so in Marketing 305, we find lots of management majors, right? Management is usually, just like Elizabeth talked about, is responsible for training those people. And this is where, if you're in management, you're going away with the understanding of internal internal marketing, which means training your people inside to market the best possible company, the best possible employees there are. So I'm sure, and you can speak of this, Elizabeth, but I'm sure thinking of Red Lobster or these larger companies, there's some kind of a training manual that tells you exactly how to train someone who's a server, someone who's a hostess, and what they say, what they do. And not that you have a script, but the company has created and developed an SOP or a standard of practice or a handbook that explains how to train these people and how to make them be the greatest be the greatest person so that when a customer comes to them whether it's a complaint or even a compliment they know how to respond to them definitely they have strategies and standard operating procedures with great to the best training in the business at the time which is right. why I chose to work for that at a company out of college cuz training for and service guidelines like that you could get hired anywhere learning their system and standards it's like working for disney they have some of the highest customer service, or the Ritz-Carlton, ladies and gentlemen, treating people like ladies and gentlemen. So it revolved around the mission statement and providing good, great service, teaching great service. Right. And don't you agree that that goes to it, the internal part, it does. part of marketing? It's, it's, it's management's job to train people correctly. So if there's deviations from that, I usually start with, okay, what what is management done to create the situation or some type of problem to not make it expeditable. Now, with with internal marketing, one of the things that I've come to learn in, in the conversations we've had over the past several weeks is that internal marketing is is almost uh, is almost as important as external marketing because internal marketing can help build sales, can help increase revenue as just as much because if you've got a an employee that is that really understands why I work for this company, why I love working for this company, and why we have a great product, and all of those things that you've marketed to them as their manager, as their supervisor, as their boss, whatever, they're going to be more willing to to share with their friends, hey, you're going out for a meal tonight? I work at Red Lobster, and I can tell you it is a great company with great food and, and a great customer service experience. So they're going to actually increase, you know, theoretically increase revenue and sales and all those sorts of things. Am I reading too much into that, or is that an no, accurate statement? you're accurate. And I can even bring this back to one of the podcasts where we talked about influencers. Mm. Think of that. Your own employees or the employees of that company are influencers. Which is a lot of times why you see... The best see, free marketing you'll ever get. Exactly. It's it's the people who love their job, love doing what they're doing, and they share with other people. And so, you know, not only sharing with other people inside the company when they're right at the you know front level of them or right in front of their face serving them, but also on the outside world and showing that they love their job because how great that is when you love your job and you talk about it and you promote it and you're discussing with friends who maybe have never been there or maybe who use the competition. You also talked about 
two weeks ago with the with the buyer behavior, the process of all of this, the reviews and all that kind of stuff. Is does the exact same process apply here, or are there some deviations in that? I would say this really is the exact same process because, you know, I'm going to need product or service, yeah. right? I'm going to have the internal research or the external research where I find out about that company or about that service. And let's use a gym. Let's, that's a good example because a gym is a service. They don't really have a product that we walk away with. We might walk away with some more muscles, but you know, yeah, that's a funny. But, and they but maybe not. Some, they probably maybe have some not. T-shirts or some coffee cups or Correct. something. But for the most part, you're there for to to use the service, yeah. right? So I'm going in. I need the service because I need to feel healthier, right? Create good memories. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I'm going to create any good memories. That's sure. funny. <laughs> sure, it's a great idea. <laughs> so I'm going in to this gym. I need to get healthy. And I'm evaluating internally, saying, I know everybody tells me I need to work out to be healthy. Externally, I hear from my friend Sally, who says, hey, go to Choice Health and Fitness because it's a great place. It's a beautiful place. You're going to feel comfortable. All those good things about it. Maybe there's been posters about Choice Health and Fitness. And so then I go, I purchase the product, right? And after I purchase, then comes the reviews. So again, I'm going to review by saying, hey, I've went to Choice Health and Fitness because I've lost weight. But more importantly, I might say, just like what Sally said or Susie or whoever I used as an example, that I walked in the door. I felt so comfortable. I didn't feel like anybody was staring at me. Anybody was looking down on me. You know, it was a it was a time of comfort when I walked into the gym and so the cu- the customer service there was great. Even they made the me feel good. The environment's well lit and yes. clean, and all of all those, those things are important. Things. Yeah. But that customer service piece is how it makes me feel. Mm. Right? We go back to emotion. Yeah. Well, and and speaking of emotion, the, when when we when we purchase a service. That's really all we're getting, isn't it? I mean, we're not, like you said, we're not walking away with a new TV, with a new whatever. And Elizabeth, you were telling a story as we were preparing for this about the Nintendo Switch. And in the end, what I heard from you in that story was it was an experience. You didn't, and, and I still, I don't even know if you ever did purchase the item, but you told me about the great experience. So talk a little bit about that. Yes, my kids and I, it was the pandemic and we needed more activities to do in the house. So I said, oh, we don't have uh, video games, and I liked Nintendo when I was young, and we, I, I wonder what about the Switch, you know, how's the Switch, but a real apprehensive because didn't know about it, and would my kids be able to play it, or would it be too hard for them, or did it have violence, or poor graphics, these kinds of things, so was it appropriate for their ages? So I walked into a big box store, and Finally, someone came over and I said, you know, I I explained my background and I had my kids with me, but he was a gamer and he took me through how it was like the Wii, how it was different than the old Nintendo. And we had a conversation for 45 minutes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you you know, what was the difference between the bigger switch and the littler switch? And it was great customer service. We talked for 45 minutes. So here in the middle of Target Electronics was this amazing gamer that knew everything about this product and what I would like or need or want. Because I was essentially, it was a blank canvas, right? As the customer going in with little knowledge. And those are my favorite customers for customer service because you can 
point and direct them to whatever you want them to buy. Yeah, and and like did said, you purchase? That was the I was gonna say the story. We never even know. did you end up so buying? So I the didn't thing? that day, but okay. I bought it last night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. Like you, I mean, I heard you tell the story about this product that you were planning on purchasing, and and I never even did hear, but I heard the great story of the great customer service, and and I think that's a lot of the discussion that we're having here is how important that is in the realm of marketing. It's not just about a big fancy sign on a billboard somewhere or a great TV commercial during the Super Bowl. If you, and, and that's kind of the next question for me. When it comes to service, if you're marketing that internally to your employees about how much you value customer service and then you don't treat them with that same respect and that same, des, or same approach to customer service, does that create a dissonance for the, the employee? Oh, I would guess. Yes, I mean, it has absolutely. To, doesn't it? Yeah. Think about some of the greatest places that people say they love to work. Generally, they're the ones who are talking about their their business, right? They're talking about how much they enjoy going to the work. They probably wear the logo. They're proud of it. They're discussing it. So I, I would assume that. And when you're not happy at work, that's yeah. exactly what it is. You're not going to talk about it. And if you are, you're going to talk about it in a negative way. I think it just reinforces how powerful actual sales associates are we can have all this great technology reinforcing what you were saying amazing marketing influencers but if you don't get the service when you walk through the doors that magical memory making experience oh my gosh i have something to talk about now (laughs) (laughs) i just thought of this go for it go for it yeah so did we already talk about subway and going through the drive-thru. Oh, yes. Two weeks ago with the, yeah. Yeah, with the buyer behavior, we talked right. about it. Yeah. With the online right. ordering? The, with the with online, the, yeah, where you just touch the screen. The screen, t- yeah. The so let's screen. talk about that because yeah. we're, all, you know, and I just had this great conversation with some people during dinner and they were in very different generations. Mm. One of them said, I will never go back there because I hated it. I hated how long it took me to figure out how to push the buttons, what to push. And there was no conversation. There was no one to ask questions to. So similar to what you're saying, I want that experience. And then there was a younger person and she said, I loved it because it was quick, fast, and I was in and out. I was done. <laughs> yep. So, And my son loves it because he doesn't have to talk to anybody. Exactly. He's very, very introverted. So this is something really important for marketing and marketers because we need to understand the trends, what's happening, what should we forecast for the future? Mm. Are robots something that we should be forecasting for the future? Because that's going to affect your service. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I don't. I hate the drive-through in the first place. I just hate going through drive-throughs in general because I'm such an extrovert. I like to go in and I love to talk to the people behind the counter. I love to ask them how their day is going and actually hear. You're not just oh, it's good. You know, I want to actually hear what, how, you know, oh man, you're not going to believe it. We just had a busload of kids in and and we had to make 9,000 hamburgers and they were all making a mess and it was just, you know, but hey boy, it's going to look good at the end of the day on the, on the sales sheet, you know? And so those are the kind of things that I love. So I hate the drive through. I hate going through and that kind of impersonal thing. But if I'm really in a hurry, the one thing I hate more than that is I can't get through the drive-through fast enough because right. there's some lady there with four kids and they're all arguing about what what thing that they're going to get in their Happy Meal toy or whatever, and I'm like, mm, just go inside, get out of my way, <laughs> you yeah. know. So it does affect service in a lot of different ways, right? Absolutely. So okay, so I think that that pretty well 
gets to everything we talk about, but let me let me try to wrap this up. You t- you talked about this being more internal marketing than external marketing. And and it really is one of the most important things for your your employees or your coworkers if you're not the boss, if you're just the marketing person, why these things matter so that they can understand it and go hey, I want to make sure I'm providing a great customer service experience so I get more customers returning because the more the customers return, the better the sales sheet at the end of the year, the more chance of me not being laid off because we're not making enough money, right? And getting a raise. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes it's hard to remember why do I want this company to succeed? And maybe that's harder if you're not a believer in the company, which goes back to the leadership or the marketers or the management need to teach people, why is this a valuable place? Why is this a valuable business? What are the values? What's the mission? We talked about that all at the beginning, chapter one, chapter yeah. two. And, you know, then leading it into this is what's important about it. This is what you need to share, but also not need to. This is what you should want to share about this company. And you can tell people's passion. You can you know, I think about this a lot with waiters, waitresses, bartenders. When you walk in, you can tell if they love their job or if they hate their job. And that does, I think, kind of turn back onto the company of what are they, you know, what are they teaching their people and what are they expecting out of them? And the service piece is, I think, so valuable because, again, for many of us who want that service, that's important. For many people who are maybe younger that don't need to have that face-to-face service. They want the efficiency, the quickness. They want the speed. And so, again, someone can do that if they're reading the customer's face. Emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Uh, Elizabeth, I was going to ask kind of the one thing is, as a person who has been involved so very intimately with the service industry working for Red Lobster, what's the what's the most important thing you ever learned about customer service? Just the one, like, if you could tell them anything and this is the only thing you could tell them what would it be the server or the customer the server that you're doing the the customer's always right is that really true no not really but (laughs) it's not it's not true but it's true i mean the customer makes mistakes and they're older and get distracted but you always treat the customer like they're right yeah uh that is it just helps um it helps you to not get defensive and solve the problem Mm. so even when they're not right they're they're right. Ted Waite told us when I, because I work computer tech support for for Gateway, and Ted Waite told us at Gateway, he said the idea that the customer is always right is nonsense. They're really? not. He said you are the trained technical professional. Your job is to make sure that they're okay with being wrong. Mm. Oh well, te- and, and and essentially well, with, with the computer, yeah, I mean, it's a technical but, issue. And then he came back to it, and esen- so he said essentially what you're doing is you're making them believe they are right. Correct. And treating them as such. So you really <laughs> kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So you are right. The yeah. customer is always right. Yeah. And I think even it, when they're not. They exactly. are always right, even, <laughs> even when they're not. <laughs> and I'll throw this in there because I think this is something that I talk to my employees about a lot is even if they are, you know, you, they tell you that you put the wrong syrup in and you know you put the right syrup in the drink, right? Yeah. Just make them a new drink. Just make them a new drink. And make them happy because yeah. that's what you want. You want at the end of the day, you want them to walk out happy. You want them to walk out good. Now, with all of that being said, and this is something that as a business owner is really important to me, but also as a consumer who's watching the process of how the server is interacting with that customer who they're having a tra- problem with. 
when that customer gets done and you did treat them right and you got them a new drink and they walk out the door, be careful. Because if you turn around and say, oh, what a crappy customer. And they other, hear it. Other people hear it. Maybe that customer hears it. Be authentic. We know nobody's perfect. Yeah. Like, be the good human and, you know, know that you're trying to make somebody's day, whether it's with coffee, with food, with beer, with a Nintendo, yeah. you know, know that nobody's perfect. So. I like what you said. Be authentic. Because yeah. in the end, that really is the, the key of being a great customer service person. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Elizabeth Albin. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. I'm Brad thank you. Schmidt. I'm Sandy Luck. And we will see you next week. Thank you.